0: It's the Y'all Show Talk with a Southern Accent as we begin a whole brand new week of talking about the South with your host, John Rawl. Hopefully your weekend was well and good and everything worked out well. Maybe you got a chance to hang out with family and friends. Perhaps you got a chance to go see some kind of football game action over the weekend. And of course, uh, sadly, maybe some of you are dealing with the after effects of Hurricane Michael. We certainly are pulling for you. Encourage everybody to go to redcross.org, make a donation to the cleanup efforts and to the recovery efforts of our fellow southerners in Florida, Alabama, Georgia, North and South Carolina and Virginia, which we see more and more deaths coming from the old Dominion State as a result of this hurricane pushing through last week. We've got more on Hurricane Michael in just a moment. We'll go into our headlines from across the region. Also, this hour, we'll have hashtag Hullabaloo coming up in just a few minutes, and it is our look at some fun stuff coming off of social media. You don't want to miss that. And then as we conclude hour one of today's Y'all Show, we're going to have the Y'all Street Business Report. We've got some business goings on in the state of Mississippi that I want to tell you about, and also... This Montgomery, Alabama-based local business, small business known as Dixie Electric Plumbing and Air, they are doing something really cool for the month of October for breast cancer awareness, and we're going to play a clip where the president of that company, Dixie Electric Plumbing and Air, was on a local television station in Montgomery the other day talking about how his company is stepping up the fight for breast cancer or to, to defeat breast cancer. And I thought that was a neat thing. I'm sure this is happening all over the south. At least we have this one example of a company, a, a small local company going above and beyond. And this is a very exciting company. It's been over uh, in business over 100 years. So we'll have that in our Y'all Street business report here in hour 1. When we turn over to hour 2, we're going to have our weekend and sports review, a lot of college football action, some big upsets. Georgia falls at LSU. We'll tell you about that and other upsets that happened and near upsets in college football. We'll get to that. Plus, we'll try to mix in the latest with NFL and Major League Baseball talk. All that to start Hour 2 of today's y'all show. And then the teller of tales from Takapola Way will be by Jerry Short. And we're going to talk movies with him. We talked about movies with him last week. Well, we got more movies. And he actually thinks he might be in a brand new movie called Gosnell, which is about Kermit Gosnell, the doctor that was sentenced to jail a couple of years ago for killing a lot of babies at an abortion clinic in Pennsylvania. And there's a brand new movie that came out just this past weekend, and we will discuss Jerry and perhaps being in this new movie that's got Dean Cain as one of the stars of it, and that's coming out right now. It's out already in theaters across the South. Gosnell and Jerry found his way onto the set, we'll talk about that. Plus, if you are a landowner, or at least if you were a landowner 20 years ago, you probably remember in the South a program where you could turn your land into timber land and the government would give you money for planting loblolly pines. If that sounds vaguely familiar, maybe you are still benefiting from this program. Well, Jerry has spent a long time in the woods. He actually worked in the timber in- industry for a while. And he's very knowledgeable of this program, and it's not turning out the way people thought that it would when they first planted these pines 20 years ago. Jerry's going to talk about that and some other stories regarding loblolly pines in the south and how these farmers, or just landowners really, thought that they were going to be making lots of money for the rest of their lives. I think some did. Actually, some really benefited from it, but others have not necessarily it has not turned out the way they want. So, we got that coming up in hour two. Now, looking at the news across the Southland as we start our glancing of headlines, of course, Hurricane Michael, still such a huge story. And as of yesterday, around 200,000 Floridians were still without power. And that's down from where it was a peak of about 400,000 without power. People in Tallahassee, the state capital, had lots of outages in that town, and there's still a lot of people missing. I think the death toll is pushing around 20 at this point. I I saw where someone in Virginia, another person in Virginia, died or or was found over the weekend, a victim of Hurricane Michael. But this has been a deadly, deadly storm that's worked its way across the Southland in the last week, and we want to keep everybody in Florida. We've seen the footage from Mexico Beach, Florida, which was called Ground Zero of Michael when it came ashore last week and just a horrible scene there but I, I didn't realize also I think it was down near Apalachicola at St. George Island they also had a major devastation there in that part of the coast of Florida on the Gulf Coast and it's just, just something that's it's going to be in the headlines and, and I know other things come and go in headlines but this storm here very devastating in these last couple of states the last couple of days. And it's, again, you can go to redcross.org to help out and help the victims of of the storm and people that desperately need money and support, redcross.org, and help out, make a difference. And, again, Florida, big time hit by this thing. Georgia, hit by it in a major way. And we actually know that, that uh, in, let's see, I told you about Virginia. I know of at least five or six deaths that have come from the, state of Virginia alone even in the mountains of Virginia just floodwaters rapidly hitting I talked to my mother last night who lives in the middle part of South Carolina and they just went through Hurricane Florence a couple weeks before she said that was nothing compared to Hurricane Michael now they got lucky in the middle part of South Carolina yeah there was trees down in places power went out even my parents lost power and that's kind of a big story because they have a generator but the generator was broke but she said the power was only out a couple of hours. So that was a that was a very common story in South Carolina at least of of it not being as bad as it could. And she said and, and it's true the reason it wasn't as bad as it could have been it was such a fast moving storm that it worked its way on out before you, you really had to she said that it was bad for a couple of hours and then before you knew it the, the sunshine was out. And this was on Thursday of last week. But again As you got closer to Florida with the strong winds being a Category 4 storm when it came ashore, almost a Category 5, then it goes into Georgia and causes problems as a Category 3 storm. In fact, as of, I think it was yesterday, Georgia emergency officials say approximately 120,000 customers in the Peach State still do not have power from Hurricane Michael. An emailed statement Sunday afternoon from the Georgia Emergency Management Agency, and the homeland security agency said that that included customers of georgia power the cooperatives of the georgia electric membership corporation and various municipalities georgia emc was reporting more than 67,000 outages as of late sunday afternoon georgia power had more than 22,000 outages so georgia again that thing cut a swath across from southwest to roughly augusta just a few from the corner with Florida and Alabama all the way to the South Carolina's border. A horrible scene from Hurricane Michael last week. And again, RedCross.org, or perhaps you're down in that part helping with the cleanup. We've got you in our thoughts and prayers. Now this is the kind of story that comes after a hurricane that you just don't expect and you hope you don't expect. After Hurricane Michael passed through Florida last week, a would-be looter was killed after trying to steal a law enforcement vehicle. After the storm came through Panama City, a Florida State Fire Marshal's vehicle was attempted to be stolen, and they fired on the man and killed him. And Florida Department of Law Enforcement is investigating the incident in Panama City. And you wonder what's wrong with education. Well, a story's out from New Orleans. The president of the Jefferson Parish Teachers Union has now been accused of growing marijuana. Jesse Isidore, who started the year leading the local teachers union in Jefferson Parish, he was booked with Cultivation of Marijuana, court records show, and he is a former teacher at Riverdale High School. He's a 33-year-old man. He was arrested Thursday on accusations of growing the marijuana, according to the Orleans Parish Court. And again, he was president of the Jefferson Federation of Teachers, a union for public school employees. Bond was set at $3,000 and he did not appear in a roster of Orleans Parish jail inmates as of Friday night. So perhaps he bonded out. But yeah, accused of growing marijuana, not consuming it. I assume in today's world, that's okay. (laughs) Even if you get caught, it's okay. But yeah, growing it, now that's a different story. And not good for the teachers union to have their leader apparently be doing that. Also in the Crescent State Hey, have you ever been to Donaldsonville? It's a lovely place, not far downstream, down from the Mississippi River between Baton Rouge and New Orleansville. Well, if you want to go there right now, you might have a little bit of a challenge because the Sunshine Bridge, which connects Donaldsonville's west bank to the east bank, well, that bridge was hit by a barge the other day, and it's been closed. This massive structure across the Mississippi River at Donaldsonville, and, and inspectors are looking in to see what they can do to fix it, but not, not good news. This bridge opened in 1964 and named for the former governor of Louisiana, Jimmy Davis, who had that big song 100 years ago, You Are My Sunshine. And that has the name Sunshine Bridge as this barge hit it and main support beams suffered severe damage. So I'm glad they know about it and perhaps they can get it fixed and the people in Donaldsonville won't have to drive, I guess, to just go right across the river to catch, I think it's I-55. No, I-10. I-10 dips down from Baton Rouge to to New Orleans. It's only a couple miles over there, but now they've got to drive all the way up to Baton Rouge to, I think it's Sulphur, Louisiana, and cross over the Mississippi right there at Baton Rouge and then get on I-10. And head down, not I-12 toward Hammond, but I-10 down toward B- Baton Rouge. And it's, it's probably pushing about an hour extra time, I'm guessing, onto people's schedule to get to that part of Louisiana. So keep that in mind if you're traveling to Donaldsonville. You better be making sure the Sunshine Bridge is back open. No telling when. It may already be open. And going, you are my sunshine Okay, also in the Louisiana and Arkansas and Mississippi region, these states are on the lookout for the infamous boll weevil, as a boll weevil was spotted in Batesville, Mississippi, in North Mississippi just the other day. And Louisiana and Arkansas are now setting up traps for boll weevils because of the destructed long-snouted beetle that was found in the Batesville area. The head of Mississippi's boll weevil eradication program says he thinks the two males that were found probably hitched a ride on a vehicle, but nobody knows for sure how they got to Baseball. Baseball, a lovely town, not known for boll weevils, but the trapping are happening. uh, They put traps out within a mile of where they were first spotted, and they haven't turned up any more boll weevils. In the past, boll weevils did more than $23 billion in damage to U.S. cotton, but are now eradicated from all cotton-producing states except for part of South Texas. Arkansas has increased trapping at entry points from Texas and Mississippi. Louisiana has boosted trapping along Interstate 20 in eastern Louisiana. So look out for the boll weevil, and it's cotton-picking season right now, and I think these states don't have a problem with boll weevils going down. By the way, boll weevils is a nickname for the University of Arkansas Monticello. Go go boll weevils. Go weevils. I guess, down in southern Arkansas, but I didn't realize they had checkpoints when you cross into these states looking out for boll weevils. I guess I I never have been stopped asking if I had boll weevils in my cargo. The chancellor of the University of North Carolina apologized last week for the school's history of slavery, adding that words alone are not enough to atone for using enslaved people to build and maintain the campus. I think the University of North Carolina Chapel Hill was originally built back in the Late 1700s, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, it admitted its first students back in 1795, just 19 years after the United States was founded. And this apology went out. Now, of course, we know from a couple of months ago now where the Silent Sam statue was on the UNC campus. That was torn down by radical protesters, and UNC hasn't decided quite yet what they're going to do for the Silent Sam statue. In fact, there's a deadline approaching where they're going to announce where what they're going to do with the statute. And they should follow a law which says it should stay, go right back where it was. But more to come on that. But yeah, this University of North Carolina apologizing for its role in slavery. And frankly, any college, any any entity, frankly, in the South, pre pre-1865, slavery had its ugly hands around everything. I know the University of Maryland, which is not even often considered to be a slave state. Well, it was, and its campus is built on a slave plantation. So all these radical people, are they going to just relocate that university because of it? The White House was built by slave labor. It's it's part of our story. It's part of our nation's story. Is it perfect and wonderful? No, but it's, it's just the way it was, and it's a different time. But here we go with some more snowflakes losing their mind and, and putting stuff out there in North Carolina, apologizing for something that happened, gosh, more than 200 years ago. Here's a good story coming from Oklahoma, but it involves an Arkansan, as this man was electrocuted last month after he jumped into a canal in Oklahoma City's downtown entertainment district to try and save another individual who had fallen in, and now he's been released from the hospital. So the good news here is when you see the word electrocuted, it doesn't mean they die. Okay, and that's great news for Brandon Gann of Fort Smith, Arkansas, as he had been at the OU Medical Center in Oklahoma City since he was shocked back on September 30th trying to help Wesley Seeley. Seely, who was from Tuttle, Arkansas, died after he was electrocuted by wires from a broken lamppost. Gant was released from the hospital on Friday. So sad news that Seeley died, but Gann is out of the hospital and appears to be on his path to recovery. Oklahoma City officials say an electrical inspection found the lamppost that electrocuted both men was grounded and correctly connected. A Strange story there, but good news that this one man from Fort, Fort Smith is out of the hospital, probably headed back to Fort Smith. Also in Oklahoma, a mother has been arrested there for allegedly faking her daughter's cancer diagnosis. A sheriff says the mother of a now 9-year-old girl used her daughter's alleged cancer diagnosis to get more than $3,500 in online donations as well as sympathy from the community. Jamie Parker was arrested on accusations of child abuse and other charges, and the Grady County Sheriff says the woman had been lying about her daughter having cancer for almost two years. Hey, if you happen to be in North Alabama and you're just thirsty for a Pepsi-Cola, don't stop off at the S&C Grocery in Athens. Because that store has removed its supply of Pepsi Colas. Pepsi, the choice of a new generation. Because the latest arrival there had the NFL logo on the cans of Pepsi. And they decided to pull it from the shelves in protest. Because they weren't going to put the product with the NFL logo in their store. And I guess that's their right to do that. But yeah, going after Pepsi Cola. Philip Stewart's the owner of the store, and he pulled the bottles off the shelf himself, saying it felt wrong to sell the products with the logo. He said that he didn't want to support them in any way because he feels like it's just wrong. And, of course, the reason he's upset with the Pepsi-Cola with the NFL logos is uh, people kneeling during the National Anthem in the NFL. That's still going on, by the way. Not many, and it hasn't been front-page story, and that's a good thing. People like that store in Athens, Alabama, not happy about the NFL. Some animal news to pass along. A rare dolphin was found in Biloxi over the weekend. It was a rough-toothed dolphin, and it apparently became separated from its mother, and it was hunted by deep sea fishermen before it was found on the beach in Biloxi. It was a juvenile female dolphin, about six feet in length, weighed around 140 pounds, and it's rare to find this type of dolphin in the coastal waters off of the Gulf of Mexico. A veterinarian on the Gulf Coast of Mississippi tells The local paper there that the dolphin had pneumonia and is in serious but guarded condition. So we wish dolphin in Mississippi well and back out in the Gulf as soon as possible. In Maryland, a bear cub with a bucket on its head has been rescued after three days. This happened in McHenry, Maryland. And wildlife officials in Maryland tracked the bear cub for a couple days, ended up tranquilizing it and removing a bucket that had gotten stuck on its head. And the 100-pound cub was freed near the wisp result in McHenry. And it appears to be back out in the wilderness. And everybody's happy about little bear cub being freed from the bucket. So you go, don't go around with a bucket on your head, people or bears. And finally, we talk about googly-eyed Nathaniel Green, the Revolutionary War hero. Well, there's a statue of him in Savannah, Georgia. And some vandal over the weekend decided to put what's called googly eyes those little plastic novelty things, in on his statue there in Historic Savannah. And whoever did it is going to be charged with something, although it wasn't that destructive, a simple removal, but still a bizarre picture of Nathaniel Green's statue with the weird-looking fake eyes stuck up on it. And this was at Johnson Square in Historic Savannah, where they have tons of historic squares and savannah police department trying to solve the problem but it seems to be more of a gag than an intentional destruction of the monument because it was very simple to remove but still don't do that to the general he's one of our heroes having been one of the leaders of the revolutionary war when we come back on y'all we're going to have hashtag don't miss it got good stuff coming your way this is y'all talk with a southern accent
1: We see it every day. They cut you off. And they tick you off. It's called road rage. But they're not mad at you. They're mad they overpaid on a used car because they didn't go to Carfax.com. Carfax has a better way. When you search used cars at Carfax.com, you get the most accurate price based on the Carfax report. So you never have to overpay on a used car again. Start your used car search today at Carfax.com.
2: And now Avant will also give you a $50 Amazon.com gift card after your first payment is made on time. To check your loan options and to get this special radio offer, go to Avant.com today and enter promo code 4646 when applying. That's A-V-A-N-T promo code 4646. Avant.com code 4646.
3: Clear your calendars because the best time to discover your best hair is here. The gorgeous hair event is back at Ulta Beauty. It's three weeks of daily beauty steals of up to 50% off the most loved brands like Redkin, Living Proof, and Drybar. Check out deep conditioning masks for a frizz free fall, flat irons for silky locks that never stop, and color boosters to keep you vibrant all season. But hurry in, the event ends October 20th, only at Ulta Beauty. The possibilities are beautiful.
4: I wasn't prepared to be a caregiver to mom but a little over a year ago, we realized she couldn't take care of herself without our help. And well, how could I not be there for her? I had no idea how hard it would be and just what I would need to know. Things I never thought of, like how to improve her mood, and even for me, ways to stay positive. Luckily, I found the Caregiving Resource Center from AARP. It had articles about the basics that got me started, but also information about the hurdles I was facing in this new role. I could even connect with experts and hear from others who had been in my place. I know this road we're on isn't an easy one, but I'm really happy to have the extra help for her and for me. Caregiving Resource Center at aarp.org caregiving. Articles, tips, and tools to help you both care for your loved one and care for yourself.
3: This message is brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council.
0: Back on, y'all. Talk with a southern accent with John Rawl. Our number is 803-816-1170. encourage you to reach out to us. We want to hear your opinion on the show that's all about the south. And we are in hashtag hullabaloo right now. You hear the music. You know it's the good time of the show where we go into social media and get the pulse of the region. Excited to offer the latest installment of hashtag hullabaloo. In just a few minutes, we're going to have the Y'all Street Business Report with some really good stuff coming from Montgomery, Alabama. We'll tell you about that in just a few, of course, hour twos ahead. Also, a lot of GIFs that I found surfing here today on the Y'all Show, getting ready for the show. And these seem to be rather humorous. So there you have it. There's your warning. We're going to have plenty of GIFs in today's hashtag hullabaloo Remember last week when Taylor Swift got in the news, she decided to weigh in on the Senate campaign in the state of Tennessee between Democrat Phil Bredesen and Republican Marsha Blackburn. Now, Taylor Swift, who generally doesn't say much anything about her, anything but her music, she decided to get very vocal on Instagram and say that she was not going to support Marcia Blackburn, the female, and she was going to be supporting Bredesen. Well, people didn't like that. Marsha Blackburn didn't like it. I don't think President Trump liked it. In fact, he said he liked her music a little, about 25% less as a result of her deciding to to weigh in on that Senate race which has been back and back back and forth rather and experts now say that Blackburn has a little bit more comfortable spot pushing near 10 point advantage in the polls. But until November 6th arrives <laughs> Anybody in any race anywhere needs to not be thinking they got it made. So but anyway, I found this GIF in the spirit of Taylor Swift and her decision to back Democratic candidates. And it was a picture of a KFC sign. And so it's got the picture of the Colonel and the word KFC but in in the little message board where they have, you know, chicken, three dollars for a bucket or whatever they promote on a KFC sign. This is obviously something someone went in and doctored in Photoshop but on the, on the KFC marquee there, they've got Taylor Swift special: two bony thighs, two small breasts, and a left wing. I thought that was kind of funny. I know that's a little bit, uh, a little bit uh, G, PG13 related, but I do love the whole left wing. That was that was creative. The Taylor Swift special at KFC. Now in the spirit of Donald Trump. We've got one we found. This looks like a real shirt. This isn't a Photoshop special. So let me zoom in here quickly at this lady's shirt she's wearing. And her shirt, she's wearing a Make America Great Again hat. And the shirt says trump Trump peached." Trump-peached. Okay? So what in the world does Trump-peached mean? And it has a definition on her shirt. If Trump is impeached, Pence becomes president. Pence pardons Trump and appoints him vice president. Pence resigns. Trump becomes president and appoints Pence as his vice president. Liberal heads explode. (laughs) Uh, I guess that could happen. You could have what's called Trump-peached. And again, let's go back through the, the, the order of battle here. Trump is impeached by the Democratic Congress, which will take over if that happens next year. They impeach him. Pence becomes president then. Pence then decides to pardon Trump and then appoints him vice president. And then Pence resigns and Trump becomes president and then appoints Pence as his vice president. So it's like a circle and liberal heads will then explode. I bet you they would. I wonder if there's a rule deep in the Constitution on impeachment that if you are impeached, there's no way you could ever become president again. I don't know. I haven't read every word of the Constitution, but I guess perhaps it is feasible that, because it's not a criminal case, this is all political. Impeachment is totally political. Not you're not gonna you don't go to jail if you get impeached. You just lose your job, but maybe not permanently. I don't know. That's a good civics lesson. I need to figure out. Okay, we're going to move on to a non gif here on the hashtag hullabaloo. And this comes from C.C. C. Payne. C.C. C. Payne on Twitter is at author C. C. Payne. Forgiven follower of Christ, grateful wife, mama, author, and speaker, lover of pajamas, rainy Sunday afternoon naps, kids, and dogs. Well, C.C., C., yeah, you, you, you got it all down in the appropriate manner. And C.C. C. wrote, speaking of those rainy nights or rainy afternoons, well, it's Saturday night, so naturally I'm living it up. I'm loving this beautiful southern tale. I often read samples and wait to see which characters I can't shake. Little K-Y-A is one of those. Kaya? I I don't know what she mean Highly recommend Appingham Books. And she's got the book Where the crawdad Sings, a novel from Delia Owens, her debut novel from Delia Owens. And I've mentioned this book before. It's one of the best sellers on Amazon's list. And that seems like a good book to pull out when you've got those rainy afternoons or evenings where the crawdads sing a novel. Now, I went and read what the New York Times Book Review said about Telia Owens' debut novel, and they wrote, A painfully beautiful first novel that is at once a murder mystery, a coming of age narrative, and a celebration of nature. Owens here surveys the desolate marshlands of the North Carolina coast through the eyes of an abandoned child. And in her isolation, that child makes us open open our own eyes to the secret wonders and dangers of her private world. Well, cue the dramatic music for us, please. Yeah, the the book again, Where the Crawdads Sing, and it's something that author C.C. Payne has in the list of books that they're sifting through right now. Now back to GIF World we go, and this was a couple of funny ones that I saw back to back on Facebook that I just thought ah, I need to share that with our audience. They need to to, to see if they laugh as hard as I did when I saw these two. Okay, you ready? And now I got you all set up and on the edge of your seat. What in the world are these gifs that are so dang funny? Well, the first one says, and and if you've been on Facebook, you have probably noticed in the last two weeks really. These messages you keep getting from people like hey don't accept my friend friend request it's it's spam. I guess it's I guess that really is going on. I don't know. I don't claim to know the ins and outs of Facebook, but this gif kind of sums it all up here. It says, "Don't worry, I'm not going to accept a second friend request from you. I already regret accepting the first one." <laughs> well, do, just tell me like it is. All right, I got to read that one again. Don't worry. I'm not going to accept a second friend request from you. I already regret accepting the first one. Yeah. Well, I don't know if people feel that way about me on Facebook and they shouldn't because I'm not really that active. Don't intend to be. However, as I've said here more than once, there are people and you know who they are in your Facebook friends list. They are too active and you do regret maybe becoming friends with these people. Now, luckily, you know, in Facebook, in case this you don't know this, you need to know this, there's a way to silence Facebook posters without defriending them. You just click a button over there, do the right click or something like that, and you can just like stay friends, but you don't see their diatribe on Facebook every time you log on it. You don't need to hear about all their problems in their life, which aren't even problems. Remember, we just had a bunch of Southerners lose their life in the last month over tur- hurricanes Florence and Michael. We have other people that have real issues. And I've got one friend I know that is always vocal about their pet, for example, or what they ate, or their job, or their there's somebody I literally pulled this trick on last week. I am tired of hearing about their kid, okay? And it's always stupid stuff about their kid. So I did the whole silence thing on them. We're still friends. And it's someone who is pushing that limit of talking on Facebook just too dang much. And I don't want to hear anymore. So I I pulled the old muting them. And I encourage you to do it too. Now, here's another one on Jeff that I need to tell you before we go to break here that's in the spirit of all of this silencing and people that need to be silenced on Facebook. This Jeff says... Do not accept a friend request from Hormel Foods. Oh, my goodness. Hormel Foods sending out friend requests on Facebook? Yeah, this message says, do not accept a friend request from Hormel Foods. And the reason? It could be spam. (laughs) Of course, they make spam Hormel Foods. That's that's funny. That's funny right there. That took some creativity. I want to go give a big smooch if we ever put that out there as a gif. I like Spam. It's a good food. I mean, I don't have it a lot, but it's something that uh, once every couple of months, it's a good alternative to sausage and bacon and everything else, especially if you have it kind of a deep-fried type thing or put it in the skillet, Spam. But don't accept that friend request from Hormel Foods. Okay, when we come back, we've got a local business we're going to give a nice big salute, and we got pink in mind. When we salute them. So we'll tell you all about it. It comes from Montgomery, Alabama. And that is coming up next here on The Y'all Show.
4: GEICO presents eyewitness interviews with inanimate objects.
3: This is Belinda Collins, live on the scene of a recent lightning storm. Here to describe the event, a TV tray.
2: I was watching football and holding a plate of meatloaf when kabam! A bolt of lightning slams into the apartment, blowing out the
5: TV and surround sound.
6: Anything you could have done to help?
5: Ma'am, I'm a foldable table, not an electrician.
2: Your TV tray can't help you in a lightning storm, but the GEICO Insurance Agency can help you get covered for personal property damage. Go to GEICO.com to see how affordable renter's insurance can be. Are you putting your retirement savings in a 401k, IRA, or investment account? Then I have one word of advice. Stop. to take back control of your money and finances, and it gives you penalty-free access to your savings. Plus, it beats the pants off any 401k or IRA. These are uncertain times, so get the information you need today to guarantee your retirement security. To get this free report, go to bankonyourself.com right now. That's bankonyourself.com. Bankonyourself.com.
3: Adopt U.S. Kids presents what to expect when you're expecting. A teenager. Learning the lingo.
0: Take me back home to Mississippi.
4: Please
0: take me back home to Mississippi. One, a two, a three, a, yeah. a, a Afro. Before South Central, Palmdale Floss in a state in a place called Palmer's Crossing. What? Hattiesburg, uh, Mississippi, smoking marijuana like a Woodstock hippie. on uh, my uh, homies uh, in La Big yeah. beg, borrow, uh, find my rap tape tomorrow. Okay. Tell DJ Pumpkin, keep it and Clyde. What's request up? my take when you go inside, uh, so I can take Jane and rope to Waynesboro. And hey, we're uh-huh. back on the Y'all Show in an appropriate song there celebrating Mississippi and only a way that Afro Man could do it. That was a big song about 15 years ago for that Mississippi rap artist. And am uh, going to lower that song real quick before it gets uh, a little bit out of hand. But I, I do love the creativity from Afro Man and his song Mississippi. And he also had another one that was big, Before I Got High or something like that. I'm not a rap connoisseur, but he he had a song out that talked about Mississippi. And we're going to talk about the Magnolia State right now on our Y'all Street Business Report. How about Mississippi? A couple of big business news stories coming from the state of Mississippi. The nation's largest producer of fresh eggs is going to be buying a Texas egg producer. Cal Maine Foods, based in the state capital of Jackson, announced last week that it would buy Featherland Egg Farms. Featherland has 600,000 egg-laying hens and a feed mill and other facilities near Marion, Texas, outside of San Antonio. No price was given in the announcement, but that is great news. Calmaine has forty-two egg producing facilities in fifteen states, mostly in the South and in Texas. So I didn't realize the nation's largest egg producer was based in Jackson, Mississippi. Well, we we'll go from one extreme of the business world to maybe the other extreme. Last week, a Mississippi aerospace company is going to share a contract worth up to $25 billion to provide parts for military vehicles over the next 10 years. Madison, Mississippi-based Vertex overhauls and distributes parts for military aircraft and ground vehicles. And this is a company that has more than a 1,000 employees in the state of Mississippi. Worldwide Vertex has 4,200 workers with a yearly revenue of $1.42 billion. And they're an aerospace firm getting a share of the $25 billion contract. Good news for this. The U.S. Army Contracting Command at Redstone Arsenal in Huntsville announced the contract with Vertex Aerospace and six other companies on Thursday of last week. So other southern companies perhaps benefiting from this Nearly $26 billion contract going out. All right, I found a story while goofing off over the weekend about a Montgomery-based Alabama, a Montgomery-Alabama-based company. It's a local company, but they've been in business since 1908. The company is Dixie Electric Plumbing and Air, based in the capital city of the Yellowhammer State, and they've been in business since 1908. I love their website. It's called Dixie.com. And they they've been in business 110 years. I would say arguably before there was electrical work to do, back in 1908 when they started. But there's was definitely plumbing. I don't know about air conditioning in 1908, but they've evolved through the years and they do a great job. They got locations in Montgomery and in Auburn, Alabama. And the president of that company, Noble Yelverton, was on a local television show on WSFA Television, Channel 12 in Montgomery. That's the NBC affiliate in the state capital of Alabama. And they have a feature on WSFA called Central Alabama Business Break. And Yoverton was on there the other day talking about his company and what they're doing. It's October. It's Breast Cancer Awareness Month. The NFL has the program out for all forms of cancer, uh, the fight there, the, you know, what is it called, Crucial Catch, I think is what it's called. And they have the uniforms and such with the logos in the end zone right now. I love, I love this awareness of cancer in all forms of cancer. But Dixie Electric Plumbing and Air in Montgomery—they're going the extra mile, in my opinion, on breast cancer. And Yalberson was just on this feature on WSFa the other day. I thought I'd let let you hear what they're doing as a feel-good story here in our Yall Street Business Report. Now, I know that you guys are celebrating a 110th anniversary here in the community. That's amazing. Congratulations. Thank you. And you also have been doing a lot of community service throughout
6: those years with October being no different. Talk to me about what the campaign is about this month with your fundraising event. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Well, it it is all about giving back to the community. And this year we're we're doing Catch Me in Pink Again that'll, that'll run this October. Uh, and it's all about raising awareness and funds for the Jordan Life Foundation, which is a great local charity here.
0: It certainly is. So tell me a little bit about how Catch Me in Pink works.
6: Okay, well, and during the month of October, all our teammates will be wearing pink. And so if you see one of... Uh, w- one of our people in the field, just please stop them, take a picture with them, and uh, we'll post that on Facebook for you, and um, then we'll donate $5 to the Joy to Life Foundation. And we we, we may be in your home, uh, or you may just see us out in the community, stop us, we're trying to have fun with this and, and, and raise some money.
0: That is like a fun way, it's sort of like a little scavenger hunt looking for you guys. That's right. awesome. <laughs> <laughs> you were sharing with me that there's some fun prizes, how does that work?
6: There are, so there, every week we'll be giving away a $25 gift certificate. And then uh, we're also giving away a Vera Bradley bag. Okay. Uh, and then the grand prize is a week in the Caribbean. So, uh, And there's no uh, purchase necessary.
0: Noble Yelverton talking with the host of WSFA Channel 12 in Montgomery's Central Alabama Business Break. And Yelverton, president of Dixie Electric Plumbing and Air in Montgomery, GoDixie.com is a website, and again, this 110-year-old company out doing great things for breast cancer awareness and having their employees wear their pink shirts. No matter if they're a big, big, you know, guy who wears camouflage. Normally, in the month of October, he's wearing his pink camo, <laughs> going across central Alabama, servicing homes and businesses at Dixie Electric Plumbing and Air, and that's a great. Local business, great feel-good story, and perhaps you have a business in the South that you want to maybe do something a little bit different. Well, maybe take a page from Dixie and and go out and perhaps get behind a, a very noble cause like breast cancer awareness or some other form of prostate cancer awareness, also something that needs attention. I love the NFL, again, their thing that they've got going on right now, crucial catch in the month of October. But all of our illnesses that we all need more money for research and such, it's all a good thing. And, again, our hats off to Dixie Electric Plumbing and Air in Montgomery, Alabama, in our Y'all Street Business Report today. When we come back in Hour 2, we're going to talk about Auburn, Alabama, which is where Dixie Electric Plumbing and Air has a location. The Tigers of Auburn, what is going on on the plains? They just lost this past weekend to lowly Tennessee. The Tennessee Vols got their first conference win in two years, and we'll talk about that and what else is going on in the SEC. The Georgia Bulldogs went down. We'll talk about Major League Baseball, and if we've got time, we'll throw in a little NFL talk, too, as well. This is the Y'all Show. Hour 2 is coming up, plus we've got Jerry Short coming up in Hour 2. You don't want to miss the Teller of Tales from Taco Bola. All of that is headed your way next.
1: We see it every day. They cut you off. And they tick you off. It's called road rage. But they're not mad at you. They're mad they overpaid on a used car because they didn't go to Carfax.com. Carfax has a better way. When you search used cars at Carfax.com, you get the most accurate price based on the Carfax report. So you never have to overpay on a used car again. Start your used car search today at Carfax.com.
2: Business day. And now Avant will also give you a $50 Amazon.com gift card after your first payment is made on time. To check your loan options and to get this special radio offer, go to Avant.com today and enter promo code 4646 when applying. That's A V A N T.com, promo code 4646. Avant.com, code 4646.
3: Clear your calendars because the best time to discover your best hair is here. The gorgeous hair event is back at Ulta Beauty. It's three weeks of daily beauty steals of up to 50% off the most loved brands like Redken, Living Proof, and Drybar. Check out deep conditioning masks for a frizz-free fall, flat irons for silky locks that never stop, and color boosters to keep you vibrant all season. But hurry in. The event ends October 20th only at Ulta Beauty. The possibilities are beautiful
0: It's the Y'all Show. Talk with us, Southern Accent, hour two on this Monday with your host, John Rawl. On Twitter, we are at Y'all Show. We appreciate the follow. you just kindly go on there and give us some Twitter love, we would sure appreciate it. The Tell Our Tales of Takapola fame, Mr. Jerry Shorts, coming up in just a few minutes with his Monday goodness. So hang on. No telling what Jerry is going to talk about on today's Y'all Show. Right now, we're going to look at the weekend in sports, starting out with college football. Well, the rankings are in over college football's week seven. And now that we're into week eight, Alabama remains number one. They had a, a little bit more of a challenging game with Missouri. It actually was somewhat of a game until early in the third quarter, I guess, is when Alabama stretched out and the quarterback got injured in the game. But Alabama is high atop the polls At number one, they received all but one vote for first place in the latest AP Top 25 poll. Ohio State comes in at number two. Clemson, which was off last week, they are at number three. They got a big game against NC State this weekend in Death Valley. We'll tell you about that as we roll on through the week here of the Y'all Show. Notre Dame moves up to number four. LSU moved up eight spots. Talk about a, a week. They lost to Florida. They dropped a bunch of spots. And now because of other teams losing the Bayou Bengals with that big convincing win over Georgia in Death Valley, the Death Valley in Louisiana, that is. They move up to number five with a 6-1 and record. They're the highest-ranked team that has a loss on the schedule. The former quarterback of the Mississippi Land Sharks, Shea Patterson, he helped guide Michigan to a big win over Wisconsin, and Michigan moves up six spots in the latest poll to number six, The Texas Longhorns continue to impress. They had a tough go of it against Baylor. The quarterback was hurt, but the Longhorns prevailed. They're number seven. Georgia slips down six spots to number eight in the latest AP Top 25 poll. OU moves up to number nine over the weekend. I don't think they played a game. They enjoyed a week off, but they moved up two spots. UCF didn't move anywhere, and they shouldn't have, after they escaped against Memphis. Memphis should have won the game in a rain-soaked Liberty Bowl stadium in Memphis. But the Knights prevail and stay at number 10. They are undefeated 6-0 and right now. The Florida Gators had a challenge at Vanderbilt. They had to rally, but they ended up defeating the Commodores at Vanderbilt Stadium. And they move up to number 11 in the latest poll. Oregon survived against Washington. They are at number 12. West Virginia lost at Iowa State. A very thrilling night if you were a fan of the Cyclones. And i got to give them credit. Did you see in late in the game, I guess it might have been going into the fourth quarter, Everybody pulled out their cell phones and started waving them with the light on, and it was a really cool scene for the Iowa State fan base. And they got a big win over West Virginia. So kudos, Cyclones fans, there in the Big 12. Kentucky moves up four spots. They're at number 14 in the latest poll. I believe they were off this past weekend. Washington, after losing, drops down to 15. NC State moves up four spots. They're at number 16. Again, they're undefeated. They got the Clemson game this weekend. The Aggies of Texas A&M went to Columbia, got a big win against Will Muschamp. The Aggies are 17th in the latest AP poll. Penn State's at 18. Iowa's 19. How about the Cincinnati Bearcats? They're 6-0, and they're ranked number 20 as they moved up five spots in the latest poll. USF got a win at Tulsa. There's no reason Tulsa should not have won that game. Tulsa played to lose, and they lost that game to USF. The Bulls are 6-0, ranked 21. Mississippi State's number 22. They moved up two spots after being off over the weekend. Wisconsin drops down to 23 after their loss to Michigan over the weekend. Michigan State, big win for them at Penn State, They're 24th. Washington State is 25th and ranked at the very end, end of the poll. But, hey, that's good enough in our latest AP rankings. Now, Auburn fell out of the poll. They were ranked in the 20s, I think, last week. And they got beat at home by Tennessee. First win in the SEC in two years for the Vols. So Jeremy Pruitt goes back to his native Alabama, goes to the Plains, gets a win. Good job, Tennessee. And now Tennessee's got Alabama. Your reward for beating Auburn, Tennessee fans, you get to go home and you get to face number one Alabama. Third Saturday in October rivalry is this weekend. And that'll be a lot of fun if you're a Vols fan. Now it is, yeah, I'm looking at the calendar. This will be the third Saturday in October this weekend. Don't you love it when... Rivalries and traditions line up the way they're supposed to, and that's what we got this weekend at Neyland Stadium between the Vols and the Crimson Tide. Can Jeremy Pruitt's team pull off the real shocker and beat that other team from the state of Alabama? All eyes will be on Neyland this weekend for that big game. And that's a look at kind of the overview of college football with our ranked teams and such from this past weekend. As we move on through the week, we'll have our sports lineup tomorrow. We'll give you the update on our. Group of five schools, maybe some FCS news to tell you about. Wednesday, Jonathan Lifeheight will be back on with us with his ACC report, and we'll talk about in-depth the NC State-Clemson showdown, the Atlantic Division's teams of note getting together undefeated in Clemson, South Carolina this weekend. That'll be Wednesday. Thursday will be our SEC spotlight. And, of course, on Fridays, as we do each and every Friday on the Y'all Show during football season, it's General Gridiron, our preview of Saturday's big football games you don't want to miss it. Sundays NFL action final results include the Falcons with a thrilling win over Tampa Bay in Atlanta 34-29. The Steelers went to Cincinnati and got a win 28-21. The Browns lost again. They're now they're now officially a losing team at 2-3-1 as the LA Chargers went to Cleveland and pulled out a 38-14 victory. Seattle went all the way to London and beat the Oakland Raiders 27-3. to The Dolphins came back, won over Chicago 31-28. Minnesota topped Arizona 27-17. The New York Jets defeated the Colts 42-34. to They celebrated the 50th anniversary of the New York Jets winning the Super Bowl at that game. Washington Redskins prevailed over the Carolina Panthers 23-17. The Houston Texans over the Bills 20-13. The Rams stay perfect. They are 6-0 after downing Denver 23-20. The boys got a big win at home over Jacksonville, 40-7. Good Lord of mercy. What a butt-whooping put on by the Dallas Cowboys. And the Baltimore Ravens blank the Tennessee Titans in Nashville, 21-0. to And that's a look at your Sunday's NFL action. The Monday night game this week features the San Francisco 49ers at Green Bay's Lambeau Field. Major League Baseball action. The NLCS continues tonight as the Brewers are in Los Angeles and they take on a Dodgers team with the series knotted one and one. The American League Championship Series resumes tomorrow afternoon, 509-409 Central, first pitch between the Red Sox and the Astros at Minute Maid Park in Houston. And that's a look at the sports happenings from this weekend. When we come back, we've got Jerry Short, the teller of tales for we'll Taco He's lined up, coming at you next with his assortment of great stories. You don't want to miss it. Stay tuned. Oh,
1: we see it every day. They cut you off, and they tick you off. It's called road rage. But they're not mad at you, they're mad they overpaid on a used car because they didn't go to Carfax.com. Carfax has a better way. When you search used cars at Carfax.com, you get the most accurate price based on the Carfax report. So you never have to overpay on a used car again. Start your used car search today at Carfax.com.
2: Credit products are made by WebBank. Rates and terms vary based on credit history. Amazon is not a sponsor of this promotion. Other restrictions apply. See website for details. How did I get into credit card debt? A trip to the emergency room.
1: Car repairs. (laughs)
2: And now Avant will also give you a $50 Amazon.com gift card after your first payment is made on time. To check your loan options and to get this special radio offer, go to Avant.com today and enter promo code 4646 when applying. That's A-V-A-N-T dot promo code 4646. Avant.com code 4646.
3: Clear your calendars because the best time to discover your best hair is here. The gorgeous hair event is back at Ulta Beauty. It's three weeks of daily beauty steals of up to 50% off the most loved brands like Redken, Living Proof, and Drybar. Bar. Check out deep conditioning masks for a frizz-free fall, flat irons for silky locks that never stop, and color boosters to keep you vibrant all season. But hurry in, the event ends October 20th, only at Ulta Beauty. The possibilities are beautiful.
0: The y'all show on a monday we are continuing on with more talk about the south with your host john rawl we hope all is well on your end and we have each monday at this time on the program jerry short mr short stories himself joining us to talk all things southern and storytelling and last week jerry when we caught up with you you were in the town in tennessee that kind of had a movie connection so please please don't uh, kid us once again and tell us that you're have another movie connection this week.
5: Man, I got so many movie connections I couldn't start to tell you. I should be a director in Hollywood. I got so many connections. Really? Uh but uh yeah, I think I've been on fifteen sets. And uh kicked off with one in Malibu called White uh Men Can't Jump.
0: <laughs> you were you're on the set of White Men Can't Jump. You nah. In Malibu,
5: in Malibu, California. And uh yeah, I sure was. I was filming them and and the producers didn't like me filming them, so they asked me to exit stage left.
0: So what in the world were you it, doing in Malibu anyway?
5: I was out there getting a timber deed signed by somebody, the owned an absentee landowner that had uh, land in Mississippi, and I'd spent the night up at Malibu, and, and I love James Garner and his show, and so I wanted to go down on the beach in the Pacific down below Pepperdine where, uh, uh, where, uh. He did that in the restaurant, so I stayed in Malibu that night, and then I saw they were filming a movie outside, basketball deal, and they were working in a park at Malibu, filming that. I went out on the set, like I always do. as I busted in a, many a movie set, because they used to make lots of movies in Mississippi, so yeah. I busted out there, and they busted me out.
0: <laughs> well, I've seen it back 25, 30 years ago Whenever people went videoing like you were doing Your camera looked like a real studio camera Because they were so big back there Back when people oh, yeah. had VHS recorders, camcorders, I guess It was,
5: it fit on my shoulder with one of those big uh, VHS uh, tapes in it You know, that you had to kick out And I think you uh, saw me on at a football game And
0: Yeah, you were at the nineteen 1990- ninety. I think it was 1990 Independence Bowl, no, uh, no Hall of Fame Bowl.
5: All-American Bowl.
0: It was either in Hall of Birmingham. Fame or All-American Bowl in Birmingham. It doesn't exist it was, anymore. Between Southern was, Miss and NC State. That's and, it. and you had that thing on your shoulder filming. It was Brett Favre's last college football game. That's right, that's right. And there was a yeah. block punt or something, and it came over there right where you were, and you caught it.
5: I snagged it with the hand. I didn't have that camera on my
0: shoulder. <laughs> so, if you, if you don't believe us here, just go on YouTube and look for the, I believe it was called the Hall of Fame game in, in, in Birmingham yeah. at Legion Field, 1990, and you'll see a block punt that Jerry catches with one hand with his camera rolling on the other one. I bet you got some good footage yeah. of that play.
5: Yeah, I got good footage of that. And uh, uh, Curly Hallman was uh, head coach uh, that year, and I, I remember talking to him. He was going to LSU that next uh, season. But uh, he told me good snag when I went up in the press box there. <laughs> <Now, laughs> I, I guess he saw it. Speaking
0: too. of you on sidelines at college football games and that crazy video camera, there's also, you've told me before, a scene where in 1990-ish, somewhere in that ballpark, Michigan, I believe, was playing in the Liberty Bowl.
5: Oh, yeah. I went down on the sideline to the Liberty Bowl. It was the same year that Ole Miss got beat so bad. But in Michigan was Ohio State.
0: Okay, so you Michigan. were on sideline, okay. So.
5: Yeah, they were playing uh Air Force Academy. Okay. Air, Air, Air Force, Force and Ohio State.
0: State and Liberty Bowl.
5: Yeah, and uh the guys from Ohio State. They didn't want to be in a Liberty Bowl and it was ice and cold and snowing and same year that Ole Miss got beat so bad by Michigan. Nineteen
0: ninety. Same 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 I week to, actually that you I went, went to, to five Birmingham.
5: bowls. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think I went to four or five bowls that year. And uh I was down on the sideline and I got their kicker, and I was filming him. And I said, uh, "Don't you want to go with us and go to the Gator Bowl, and uh, beat Michigan?" And I put the camera on him. He said, "Yeah, we want to get out of here. I know what time the plane leaves." And they, <laughs> were of, they were ahead of—they were ahead of Air Force. Boy's name was Smith. I think I remember that, and uh, uh, I, he said, uh, "We're ready to get out of here and go back to Columbus, Ohio." And uh, and I said, "Say that on the." He said, I wish I was an old Miss Rebel and I wish I was going to Gator Bowl in Jacksonville to beat Michigan and kick a winning field goal. And, uh,
0: <laughs>
5: and then they ended up getting beat by Air Force.
0: Because their players weren't paying attention like this guy. No,
5: they thought they had it won. <laughs> they really did. And I didn't have a pass or anything. I just walked in with that camera and had one of my passes from the season in some game I'd done. The security guard let me go right on down on the field. And, uh, the guy that I would help out, the uh, uh, sports editor from a paper in Mississippi, he saw me from the press box on the sideline. He had to come down there. How'd you get out of here? We didn't know you were up here. But, but I got down there on the sideline. That had a lot of fun with it. Tim Smith, I think, was a kicker's name. Well, look at you pulling that
0: out. I, I'm gonna have to go back and research after the show. See which... if Timmy Smith is not the kicker. All right. Well, obviously he <laughs> didn't make it in the NFL. I guess he went to Jacksonville, Florida, and checked out Ole Miss and Michigan. Yeah, I guess so.
5: And the guy with Old Vince had that year kicked a 53-yard field goal on the points his scored. and that was a Gator Bowl record. But, uh-huh. but, hey, uh, I want
0: to ask you talking about the sideline. There was an incident this past weekend in college football. I'm sure you didn't miss. I'm sure you didn't see it, but Alabama had a game against Missouri this past weekend, and there heralded quarterback from Hawaii to a to a something like that. Yeah, uh, he got dinged up, and he they had these little tents now on the sideline that the players go into yeah. for medical treatment. Well, his parents mm-hmm. actually came down there, went inside the tent during the game, oh, and nurse. I thought that was a little strange. So my question to it you is a little
5: too much. Yeah, what what's,
0: what is the deal with with parents and all that coming on the sidelines during a football game? Do you know? Because I know you've covered a yeah. lot of stuff.
5: Yeah. Yeah, and the main deal is is these coaches will do anything to get a player now, and they'll tell these parents that, you know, we're going to take care of you, so we're going to do this, we're going to do that, and we'll let you be involved exclusively or however you want to be involved. So they don't ever tell them anything. Okay. You know, they'll just come on down, and recruiting is the worst. I mean, that's where they just take over the whole deal. But uh, they've let parents be a – if you have parents, let them be a big part of it. Well, I think so,
0: these these parents moved from Hawaii to Alabama, which
5: yeah makes yeah, a lot they, of people say,
0: "Huh, that's interesting."
5: Yeah, I know it really is, and it's uh, you know you just taste just they're putting too much show business in football, I think, and mm-hmm. that's the reason I'm not as avid of a fan as I was in 1951.
0: Well, I know parents have every right to be concerned about their child when they're hurt in a football game, but there's a point in time that you you do that. I guess you can go toward the locker room and. Maybe get information. Leaving the
5: ammuts, you know, you can leave in an amulet yeah, or something but, but like. Going that. down on the
0: actual sideline seemed to be a little bit. No, and if
5: I was a player uh, that I was down like that, I wouldn't like that either. I, you know, I wouldn't want my uh, my parents hovering over me mm-hmm. and doing like they do, yeah. and sometimes squalling and you know and they'll get in the way of coaches and they'll get in the way of uh, whoever the trainer that'll be working on them. So. You know, it's, in a basketball game, it's really worse than football. I mean, these basketball players go down with a—you'd think they've been shot with a one-five-five power tree They've turned the ankle and they lay there like they're dead, and they're—they're they're playing the next series. You know, the next play. <laughs> the so whole—the
0: whole gym hears that conversation.
5: Oh yeah, and and the, you know, I had a—I had a deal one time where one fell on me. I was shooting pictures under the goal in Atlanta, you know, at the SEC tournament, and he fell on me, and the team bench was right beside him, and he was hollering me to get out of the way and give him room where he could breathe, and 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 I hollered back at the bench. I said, "We'd we'll be playing the next play," and boy, they got mad.
0: <laughs> what, what team was that? Did,
5: well, that might have been Mississippi State. With that stuff. <laughs> His,
0: what? and he probably his, his, was playing. It. it was probably on their final four run that year.
5: Yeah, no, it wasn't that one. It was when he had that boy transferred from uh Baylor. His sister is a uh, sports announcer, she or a regular announcer or whatever. She, his aunt I mean. Okay. And uh she transferred over from Baylor and, and they were and she was down there behind the bench and the athletic director's daughter was sitting on the bench and oh, you would have thought he was dead. And like I said, <laughs> He was playing the next the next nine down the four. <laughs> yeah, as soon as they could blow the whistle and get him in. So it it happened. I saw it at a high school game uh Friday night. You know, right. it was ridiculous. A boy laid on the field, I thought she was gonna to to take him out on a stretcher. He was playing the next play offensively, you know. So it's 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 just getting to be just a little bit out of hanging, I think.
0: Well, some of that could be acting, Jerry, and in the spirit, uh, of, that, in the look, spirit of acting in the spirit of acting
5: I can go back to my young day and we had a guy that would lay there on the field hurting. If you would get up close to him Fisher wouldn't move him back, he would say, How are the fans taking it <laughs> You know? <laughs> so, so so, you know, well, hey, they are taking it all right. You gonna be okay. Yeah, I know it. Are they taking it all right? Then he'd limp to the sideline, you know.
0: And get that standing <laughs> up. <laughs> uh, no, hopefully that guy fair. didn't go on to play college football at Vanderbilt where the crowd is empty anyway because uh, <laughs> he would they'd be taking it just fine at Vanderbilt State. It's true. That's true. <laughs> uh,
5: I heard they had a little round up there. Somebody yeah. Told
0: me. Now, you, speaking mm-hmm. of acting, somebody told me that you actually might be in a brand-new movie with a starring role in that, and I don't believe it. So what is up? with jerry short the actor well you're not
5: right i mean you're right about not believing the starring robert but uh uh you know like i said i have chased. i'm kind of like an ambulance chaser i chase uh chase movies there used to be so many made in mississippi been doing it since 51 with intruder and Dust, a william faulkner movie but uh and then a you know, then movie in 60 that uh one of my great Robert Mitchum stars, starting with a bunch of people. I've, you know, I don't of that one. I always think I'm going to get in these movies and they leave me on the cutting room floor at, in Hollywood when they're putting the movie together. So, anyway, I, I was happened to be out in uh, Oklahoma two years ago or three years ago. And I was in this little town that uh, used to be the capital of Oklahoma, just south of Oklahoma City, just north of Oklahoma City. And I went in this place to eat. And I went in there kind of late because I had to go to work at night. And, and I was the last civilian, so to speak, in there. And they were filming this movie in there. And I, you know, of course, I right off. I knew this was filming movie. So I got to talking to one of the directors. He was sitting at a table by me. And they said, don't worry. Everybody's not here yet. And I said, well, I see y'all getting ready to film a scene or something for a movie in here. And it was kind of like a little, just a white kitchen type wood frame, uh, cafe type thing. And, uh, And we sat in there, and me and him got to talking. And I said, "What's the movie about?" And he said, uh, "He said, don't you remember on the news?" And at that time, it hadn't been about a year, I guess. He says on that abortion situation they had in in Pennsylvania with Gosnell, Doctor Gosnell, Kermit Gosnell, I believe was his name. And he said, uh, "I said, yeah, I kept up with that pretty good on the news because that's all they talked about." But when they raided that clinic, they found thousands of baby parts and this doctor he kept uh he kept them kind of as trophies he would cut a foot off but he would wait till the babies would be born and then he would kill them you know and he was just inches away from being legal but he'd wait till the baby was born and he would kill him a lot of times and he's guy's nail Dr. Kermit guy's nail and the guy was telling me about that he said I went he was a British guy and he said I went uh, to cover that, you know, for as a reporter, and when I got to the trial in uh, Philadelphia, he said, sit there and he had uh, name plates for uh, on the on the rows of the benches down front, in front of the courtroom, for news people and all the all the media and everybody else, and nobody was sitting in them." And he said he looked back there, and that was the worst part of the trial. It it wasn't being covered. And it was him and his wife. And, so they decided to do a screenplay on it after the trial. They sentenced this Dr. Gosnell, I think, to three terms of life, you know, and he should have been sentenced the other way. But anyway, that's where they sent him. Not not free, the other way that they used to sentence people for things like that. But it so happened, and I didn't know it at the time, but the governor of Pennsylvania, who was Ridge, you remember him? And uh, mm-hmm. uh, he had told the uh, state board of health and everybody else in Pennsylvania to don't cover this thing, you know, don't cover these abortion clinics. Don't go inspect them. Don't go check them. Just let them, you know, let them alone. We're not fighting this abortion issue. So I think he got away with it for something like, had to be more than one governor because he got away with it for about 15 years. And, but that, at that time when he got caught, that's who Ridge was the governor, I think. And uh, so he, the guy was telling me about that, so i told him all that stuff i just told you about how i was i was in a movie and a, a director said show fear show anger show something whatever i showed i must have showed it wrong because <laughs> i never i'd go see the movie and i wouldn't be in it been to a couple of world premieres and i said all right this is where we're gonna be and i wouldn't be there but, so i told that to that guy and he said look i tell you tomorrow we're having a fun," and he said you can stay in here we're gonna shoot some scenes in here but i had to go to work and i stayed in for one scene and, I don't know if I'm going to be in that, where they're eating in that place or not. But we I'll see, if I go see the movie. And the name of the movie is just Guy's Gosnell. I think it came out this past it week. It did.
0: It's called Guy's Nell, The Trial of America's Biggest Serial Killer. It stars yeah. Dean Cain, who used to be Superman. Yeah, He's one of the stars of that. And I think mm-hmm. Janine Turner is one of the stars in this movie as well. And it was filmed in Oklahoma. And yeah. I, I, it's actually got great distribution across the South. I intend to go see it. I should have gone to see it the opening day Friday of last weekend, but I missed it. But it is brand new, and it is about the true story of Kermit Gosnell, the abortion doctor who killed hundreds of infants born alive during abortion procedures, and he was convicted in May of 2013 of first-degree murder and the deaths of three of the infants in involuntary manslaughter Mm. and the death of someone named Karnamaya Monger, because I believe he also killed an adult. Does that sound right? Oh uh,
5: yeah, he did. He killed a maybe more than one adult lady, hmm. uh, during the abortion procedure. Uh, you know, I don't know if they waited. To, but evidently, he tried to do it before the birth, actual birth, but he would kill them during the actual birth and you'd put them up like his trophies. This guy told me that, uh, in the movie, they weren't going to, it wasn't going to be real gory with all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. It's going to be most of the trial and the story about it. And he said, uh, they couldn't get the money from Hollywood, I believe he told me, that they had to have donations to make that movie. And uh, it was kind of low budget, and they had a hard time getting actors because they were afraid to get into it because it was uh, against abortion that they would be banned from in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, that was in 20— because I, I said, when's this movie coming out? He told me if I'd come down and wear a suit the next day— they had a scene at a cemetery, uh-huh. and he told me, "You stand in it, and I promise you, I'll get you in that." Well, I didn't have a suit out there; I was working on a pipeline or something. And I said, uh, "Yeah, I'll be that be here, but I didn't I didn't come down the next day or But they filmed all the courtroom stuff in the old Oklahoma State Capitol, and he was telling me about all that. But he, you know, he went on to say that the movie was going to be more more about the process than it was about the actual happenings and stuff. Mm -hmm. And so uh, I I really, I want to see it also. I'm like you. I want to see it. And then I talked to that Superman guy too. And he sat there and and, you know, they talked really good. And I I talked to that lady, but I don't, I didn't know her name. I guess probably the one you just mentioned, but um, they were, they were all gathering in there for a scene. Uh, They were going to raid the place for drugs. They weren't going to raid it his clinic
1: mm-hmm.
5: and they were going to, they told me they raided it in a scene just before that in a building there down the street from where we were they had been working down there the week before where they had raided, uh where they had raided the, uh a clinic and for drugs he'd gotten where he abused the uh drug distribution and uh, he was writing prescriptions i guess for everyone and so that was that's kind of the Situation with that movie, you know, and I could give you thirteen more movies. I've yeah. Well, this
0: movie, uh, Earl Billings is the actor that portrays Kermit Gosnell in this movie, and Billings has been in the movie *Crimson Tide* from the early '90s, and also in okay. a bunch of television shows. I don't know if you saw him or not. You may not. You know, he didn't. know he didn't
5: come in the. Uh, okay. He didn't come in at Cafe that day. Okay. Yeah.
0: And the the town that I think this was filmed in was it Edmonds, Oklahoma?
5: Yeah, that's the original capital of. Uh, Oklahoma. State
0: okay. And you talked and, about it having problems being made and such, and I guarantee you it was made in Oklahoma because Oklahoma is arguably the most conservative state in the right. country. And they that's knew right. they could film a, an abortion-related movie, not only in the South, but in the uh, buckle of the Bible okay. Belt, you could say, Oklahoma, and get mm-hmm. away with it without having all these uh, social media madness that goes around maybe a movie set.
5: That's what that guy told me. He oh, said, okay. People have been wonderful to us here, and it's real conservative area, so we had not had a problem more. And, you know, that's as far as you went with his conversation about having trouble, they afraid they'd have trouble in Pennsylvania. it would probably been protested every day in Pennsylvania yeah. or somewhere. Right. But, you know, that was at least in 2016, Yeah. and I thought that movie was coming out in that spring. So Hollywood has tried to block that movie from coming well, out. Well, it's
0: out, and it's got, like I said, some pretty good distribution right now. Gosnell, the movie. And uh, no matter where you stand on the abortion side of things, it's probably a pretty decent movie, again, starring Dean Cain. And I'm looking forward to not only seeing it, but seeing if Mr. Short is in this new movie. When we go, we're going to go to a break now, so go ahead and look up your movie listings in your area and see if it's playing near you. When we come back, we're going to talk to Jerry about something else that's popped up in the news recently that he has great knowledge of, and that's the timber industry. And if you're one of those folks 20 years ago that went and planted a bunch of trees all over your property and you thought you were going to be striking it rich, well, that may not be happening. And Jerry's going to share his knowledge of this when we come back on The Y'all Show in our final segment of today's show.
4: GEICO presents eyewitness interviews with inanimate objects.
3: This is Belinda Collins, live on the scene of a recent lightning storm. Here to describe the event, a TV tray.
2: I was watching football and holding a plate of meatloaf when kabam! A bolt of lightning
6: slams into the apartment,
5: blowing out the TV and surround sound.
6: Anything you could have done to help?
5: Ma'am, I'm a foldable table, not an electrician.
2: Your TV tray can't help you in a lightning storm, but the GEICO Insurance Agency can help you get covered for personal property damage. Go to geico.com to see how affordable renter's insurance can be. Are you putting your retirement savings in a 401k, IRA, or investment account? Then I have one word of advice. Stop. take back control of your money and finances, and it gives you penalty-free access to your savings. Plus, it beats the pants off any 401k or IRA. These are uncertain times, so get the information you need today to guarantee your retirement security. To get this free report, go to bankonyourself.com right now. That's bankonyourself.com. Bankonyourself.com.
0: back into the Y'all Show, our final segment of this Monday edition. Our guest is Jerry Short here in our short stories from Takapola Way. The teller of tales from Takapola is Jerry Short. And Jerry, I know I was around someone back in the 1990s that turned a bunch of pasture land into timber. I think it was pines, I believe, is what was planted there. And chances are, if you're listening to us now and you own property and you had property 20 years ago, you knew all about this program the government created, and people thought they were going to get a lot of money. Maybe some people did, but it appears that it may not quite be coming to fruition. So, Mr. Jerry Short, Mr. Timberman himself, what do we know about this program and what's going on now that it's been 20 years since people planted these trees across the South?
5: Well, John, I, you know, I, like I told you, I worked for a timber company for 25 years and in, in for myself for some, and for a good many years. But uh, they had a program that they came out with about '94 or something like that, called the Landowner Assistance Program. The government did, mm-hmm. and and they would pay you to plant uh, loblolly pine trees on uh, on your pasture land. And the reason was land. the reason was that they uh, thought that you needed to they needed to grow all that because we were in the middle at the same time of developing a superior loblolly tree. And all this was going to just make you boo the retirement money. And, you know, if you listen to professors, and that's who put most of this stuff out, at universities, has had forestry schools, and the professors, they put a lot of this stuff out on the, on the average landowner.
0: Fake news. The original yeah, fake news. Yeah,
5: really original <laughs> fake news. You know, government, they called it a great land uh, stewardship type thing, you know? Uh-huh. But the program was financially assisted landowners and at very high rates, they would pay you, they'd pay you like $50 an acre to plant loblolly pine on an acre of your pasture of 160 acres. You got $50 an acre for that, say. So. But, you know, and it, this is good site. You know, what they did, they broad brushed, you know, the, the soil is not the same for growth everywhere. You know, some places you got erosion, some places you got rock, some places you got this and that, but they just broad brushed it. You know, so much per acre period, the government did. And then they actually started a farm system program. My granddaddy was on one called a Little Tallahatchie Watershed Program. And uh, i just tell you, one uh, it will hit home and cut you in half. Uh, he planted that in the early 50s, and then I helped him put out some seedlings and pine seedlings that we got. which they weren't superior. They were just regular woods run seedlings that you would gather up and grow in a nursery but anyway um when i got into timber business years later that that appeared on my desk to go check that it was a man in memphis my mother had sold the land and uh i went and checked it and and the place was worth twelve hundred dollars an acre in timber then that's what it brought and like in the mid-70s and you know we were she sold land timber and all in the uh, early, in the mid 60s for $60 an acre. So, you know, it, it helped. It would help every now and then, but it, at that time, people had a choice. They could put kudzu down or they could put uh, pine down. And some people would put kudzu down because they didn't like pine trees. Well, all kudzu does is a vine that covers up erosion. You know, I've looked at land and bought land that fell through kudzu holes and found myself 20 feet deep in a gully, looking back up, wondering how I'm going to climb out of it. And then go tell the landowner, I'm sorry, you should have took a pine tree. Well, it was all good. But however, all that changed. You know, things change. So we got this genetically improved lob pine seedling uh, program going with uh, North Carolina State University. And it was about 10 of us, uh, different timber companies that got involved in it. And, you know, uh, it, it was a situation where we tried to go around and find superior, a, a dominant or a co-dominant loblolly tree in a stand. Yeah, and you'd grade it, and then the guy from North Carolina, the professor, would come around and he would look, and, and he would see if yours met their standards, you know, and this was like seven or eight timber companies, like International Paper, Georgia State Warehouse, or Boise Cascade, you know, Kimberly Clark, you know, name a bunch Yeah, rattle of them right on yeah.
0: off. Woo, man, you sound <laughs> smart. <laughs>
5: well, anyway, everybody had to have everybody had to have a hundred. I did the program for about a year because uh, interest rates got so high, and we quit buying land for that year that I was doing this uh, superior lob program. But uh lob lolly tree program. But anyway, uh we would have all over the southeast and that's I covered the southeast then and we would we would uh have crews that would be looking for what they thought was a diamond or a codon. You had to grade the tree. It had to be on how well it pruned itself up, you know, and how many ring spaces were it had pruned itself. You it couldn't have but one it had to you know, it couldn't have two bad sides. It just had to have one ring knot. On one shot, had to have one leader going up. You know, I could go over the whole thing. No, you, you don't had to need to do that. It had to be fireproof. You know, I'm just telling you all that you don't. are
0: just trying to but, sound impressive, and I, I appreciate no, it. No, I'm
5: not trying to just <laughs> yeah. talk. But but, but anyway, anyway, you know.
0: I yield. You know your trees. Okay, keep on.
5: Oh, okay. But but anyway, it got down to where, you know, we did all that and we got the lolly blah, blah, like seedling going. And it would grow, it would actually. And, then, and these professors in the, in the government would put out this information to the person that was, you know, it was just like you was putting this money in the bank. You were planting your land, but at the same token, they were giving you $50 an acre to plant it. And then that was for 15 years. And then you re, you had to thin it, and then you redid it for another, you re-upped it for another 10, and they'd usually raise the price. And then you'd thin it again, and then you'd grow logs uh, on, it, on out the last uh, period of time after 25 years. So and it would go up every time. I'm gonna run you off if you've got time for a, a scenario that. Um, uh, well, let me just tell you first, they did so much of it. They they put so much in that you know I've 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 saw uh, different locations where they're saying they they planted in the southeastern part of the United States, and we're just talking about in the southeastern part of the United States now that they've planted close to something. Golly, what was that figure? I read it not long ago. It was uh oh, uh, it was up in the billion uh, seedlings. Mm-hmm. I think it was a billion super seedlings that were planted. Which, you know, yeah, actually you're increasing acreage because you put uh, a, a six by nine uh, space in is 622 trees per acre. So you put that 622 trees per acre, and nature doesn't put but about. Seventy to eighty trees per you know per acre. So you're growing three acres when you're planting this superior live tree. You know it, it's kind of deceiving, but you understand where I'm coming from on it because you got so much more production on it, and it's growing so much faster, and it's it's doing you know everything that other that nature didn't do. You know nature's growing them with too many limbs; they don't prune itself, and, and all this super live does all that naturally. So. Anyway, they think they're making all this money. They think they're tripping them. They think they're building them. But then it boils down to one thing, supply and demand. And then when you get supply and demand, I'm going to use this as an example, a place in North Mississippi that you, within a 200-mile radius of that place, there's not a place that you can sell your small pine timber, Mm -hmm. your loblolly timber on your first thinning at 13 years old. That's when they ask you to do it. But that's a juvenile tree, according to most of these places, so it needs to be 15 years old. So you go ahead, you wait 15 years old, then it's also a fine in that contract, but, you know, skip all that. They're paying you $50 an acre, and then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, if, if we don't run out of time, I'm going to run down a quick farm plan, and I know a guy that did and what he got out of
0: it. This thing has ended up being overpopulation, and people aren't making the money that they expected to make, correct?
5: Well, you can't, because supply and demand grabs you up. You know, if they say in the southeastern southeastern part of the United States, 30 million acres have been put in loblolly plantation. Well, you got 30 million acres out of a, out of a billion loblolly pine seedlings. You know, you it's just it's way too many trees to ever harvest. And there's no there's no there's no demand for that many trees. And you know, at one time when I worked for International Paper we had five paper mills in the state of Mississippi, today there's one at Vicksburg. Mm. That's it. Just one paper mill left. Uh, international Paper has not had the world's largest timber company, paper company, paper pulp and paper company. So anyway, it's, you know, it's just a situation that's really bad. And uh, what I was going to tell you about that one, how the government will really mess up. Well, let's just say it costs you. Uh, if if you put five hundred per acre down, it costs you fifty dollars an acre, and the herbicides twenty five. Do so you think you're doing good? And prescribed burning ten dollars. You know, and you're going through all that kind of stuff and. You get your space, and at one time they put a thousand trees per acre and it never worked but where I'm going with the final thing is that uh, that paper mill within a two hundred miles of it, they only use they only use something like nine hundred tons a day, which wouldn't be but thirty trailer truck loads a day so you take thirty trailer truck loads a day, john and uh you know that uh it, it just say they got hundred trees per acre you know uh load that's thirty loads a day is all that is. And uh, what that boils down to then is 2,000 trees a day removed. And you heard what I just said, they're planting. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I guess taking 500 trees per acre off, they're only taking, and I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt and say, that plant is only using 10 acres worth of timber a day. So you blow that on up and you get up to about 4,000, Just you're going to give them the benefit of that. And you're going to use 4,000 acres a year, it's not much. But let me let me break this down real quick into a to a dollar and cent thing, and then it, you'll understand more. Can I do that? Quickly. Okay. Uh, I know a guy that bought a thousand acres one time at an uh, absolute auction, and he he bought it. He didn't have money to pay for it. He paid it. It was it sold at one hundred ten dollars an acre. It was valued at three at probably uh, two thousand three thousand an acre at the time. He had had to leave him a ten percent deposit. He come in, he cut the timber off of it. He cleared the land. He come back and he signed up for these programs we're talking about. So his balance, his first, you know, he had $100,000 uh, in it. if he paid the $10,000, he covered that check. He comes back, his land value, you know, and all that stuff. So he planted he planted 500 acres of it at $50 an acre. It, that's 25000 per year that the government gave him for 15 years, which is $375,000. He re-upped it at $65 per acre after the 15-year initial program after thinning it. Later on to the five hundred acres, he uh, he did that for sixty-five dollars an acre. That's what I said. Yeah, I think, and it was ten years of that. That's three hundred twenty-five thousand more dollars. That's seven hundred thousand dollars. He got this property only twenty-five years before that, twenty years before that, for one hundred ten thousand dollars, and it was absolute sale from the government for a tax sale. And then they had other programs that come in, he cut, he thinned, he got 160. he got $860,000 subtotal. You know what I come up with? He had a remaining log value only it after 25 years of $210,000, which is a $1,070,000. They throw a couple of more little deals in that you can plant a stream and they'll pay you $100 an acre. They'll build you a fence. He comes up, the bottom line on all that, and I'm not going to go through any more of it because I'm running out of time. But the bottom line on the thing was, he netted one million five hundred and twenty thousand dollars from that program.
0: The government gave still, this guy this much money.
5: They gave. That's so how much money he made off of this in thirty years.
0: And how much does the he government still got the land? And, okay. So what and, what benefit does the United States get from that?
5: They get none.
0: Okay, and, <laughs> that's what they, I was afraid you were going to say.
5: They have. Uh, and well, that, they get none unless we're in a high. You know, well, plastic has about wiped out a lot of paper products. Yeah. So that's the reason supply and demand. And if you'll think back, newspapers used to be two major newspapers in every major town
1: mm-hmm.
5: a morning and an afternoon paper. Today, you don't have that need anymore. You've got one small paper, less advertising, more computer advertising, more advertising other ways. So paper is, uh, newsprint is not needed like it once was. And, uh, the super lob tree, grow so fast that the rings are so far apart if you ever look on one at a Home Depot or somewhere that's grown a pine tree. They're, they're, they're so far, they're so wide apart that you lay it out in the sun and one day it'll bow up and almost make a circle hmm. because it's not tight like a native tree would be, you know. So, you know, I mean, I've just thrown all that together really fast for you. Impressive. But, uh, but anyway, that's... Uh, we're
0: going we're gonna to call this segment with you, Jerry, Lob, Lob, Lollygagging Around. That would, might
5: be kind of the story of my life, wouldn't it?
0: <laughs> lob, Lollygagging Around. <laughs> Jerry, thank <laughs> you for your great knowledge. See, working in the woods all these years is paying off, finally.
5: Yeah, but I'm not getting anything today unless I get my check from you tomorrow. If it's going <laughs> to be really
0: big. It won't be on paper either. We'll uh, no, send it to you much. electronically. We'll save another tree.
5: Yeah, okay, well, I'll save it up. All right. I'll save it. It'll it'll grow. Save you up. Know, let me tell you this. I found a U.S. savings bond the other day that, uh, back in uh, the early 80s. I thought it was going to be worth a lot of money, the $50 one. is worth $106 today.
0: Wow.
5: So, anyway, so don't always count your chickens before the eggs. That's so, joke, so okay? I shouldn't
0: feel sorry for you, basically. Thank you for adding Not that. Not
5: since I got $106. All right. Jerry Shorts, tell
0: a tale from Taco Well, that will conclude our show today. Join us for another action-packed show tomorrow, and I promise we will not be talking about live lolly pines on Tuesday's show, but we are so much smarter now that we know a lot about pines here in the South. Until tomorrow's show, you have a good rest of your day. You've been listening to y'all talk with a Southern accent.
1: We see it every day. They cut you off. And they tick you off. It's called road rage. But they're not mad at you. They're mad they overpaid on a used car because they didn't go to Carfax.com. Carfax has a better way. When you search used cars at Carfax.com, you get the most accurate price based on the Carfax report. So you never have to overpay on a used car again. Start your used car search today at Carfax.com.
3: Clear your calendars because the best time to discover your best hair is here. The gorgeous hair event is back at Ulta Beauty. It's three weeks of daily beauty steals of up to 50% off the most loved brands like Redken, Living Proof, and Drybar. Check out deep conditioning masks for a frizz-free fall, flat irons for silky locks that never stop, and color boosters to keep you vibrant all season. But hurry in. The event ends October 20th, only at Ulta Beauty. The possibilities are beautiful.